0: get yourself a cup of coffee and pull up a chair. We're going to be talking to designers and developers about how they got started, what keeps them passionate and what challenges them. It's the best remedy for imposter syndrome. This is build process. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. I don't know when people listen. It's the internet. One place is night, is another place is morning. So Whatever, wherever, whenever you may be listening, you have clicked in to build process brought to you by the Drunken UX podcast. I am your host, Michael Feenan. We bring you this segment once a month to talk to web developers, web designers, whoever tickles our fancy to sit down and just chat about the work they do, the challenges they face, how they got started in this field, and what advice they have for the folks who are trying to get better at something or maybe are interested in maybe starting a career in this as they are going through high school or college, or maybe looking for a new career. So that's the important thing to me. Joining us for this episode on the other microphone is my friend, Rachel Cherry.
1: Hi, how are you? Hi,
0: I am doing well. Uh, I am not nearly as uh, drunk focused as I am on the other show, but (laughs) that's all right. (laughs) I got to keep it mellow once in a while.
1: Well, awesome. I'm so glad to be
0: here. So, Rachel, what is it that... As of today, what is what is the Rachel show? What is what is it that you've got going on?
1: The Rachel world is so. I am a freelance, I guess you would say, a software engineer, but I I do wear a lot of hats. But I do a lot of contract work for various websites, mostly front end development with a little bit of back end. My average, I guess, client you could say, hires me to maybe build a WordPress plugin. And then I do a lot of uh, accessibility consulting and accessibility development. People will hire me to give a report of how accessible their site is. And then perhaps maybe they don't have developers, so they'll hire me to actually fix the problems as well. So I do a lot of that, which I really love. And so on top of all that, I do run an organization called WP Campus, which is a group for people that use WordPress in higher education. And that's a lot of fun. kicks takes up a lot of my time, but it's my probably my favorite thing to do. But we have several conferences a year. We have an online community, and we try to provide a lot of resources and support and information and development to those people involved and really try to support higher education the best way we can. And we all just happen to do so with WordPress. So that's a lot of fun too. So I kind of, I get a, I keep pretty busy, you could say, but it really does. I enjoy the variety of things I do because it does it gives me a lot of creativity and flexibility to try different things and play around with different skill sets and not just be super zoned into to development all the time.
0: How many universities now do you have involved with WP Campus? Do you know off the top of your head?
1: I mean, that's, that will be a, hmm, I mean, a few hundred, I would guess. Um, I think that, I mean, there's there's people that are kind of signed up and shown interest. And then there's, I guess, people that are you would consider active but each year at our conference we have um close to 100 different universities to get involved and so yeah. and each year that it ranges and so it's really great and our slack is just our slack is really great i love it it's not it's not too active but it's active enough and there's a lot of great conversations going on a lot of different universities uh, most of them are in the United States, but we do have a fair amount in Canada, and then we do have a fair amount also in the UK that are involved. And so, you get a wide variety of topics and concerns, and there's a channel for just about everything, which uh, makes me laugh sometimes and makes me, you know, give eyes to people to stop making channels. But they, uh, it's a good group, and it's a, I'm glad that uh, everyone has a place to sit down and chat about what's going on. And which was half the reason why we started it in the first place. We just, we didn't have a place for, uh, I was working in higher education at the time and there wasn't a a place for that kind of subset of WordPress usage to discuss what we were working on. And so that's, uh, it filled that need really greatly. And, and so three something years later, it's still going strong.
0: And you know, there's a lot to be said when you talk about like Slack communities You can have them be way too small where there's just, it doesn't even feel alive sometimes. Somebody will ask a question and three days later they maybe get an answer. Or you can have it be way too full, in which case you click in and you just can't even keep up with what's going on. There is that very nice little sweet spot to kind of land in where you get a little bit of traffic every day. People can come and go and it feels self-sustaining at that point. I think that's a a good, okay place to land with one of those. (laughs)
1: Yeah, thankfully, that's where we are right now. We are in a nice, sweet middle ground where it's not too active, but it's not just a t- you know a tumbleweeds rolling around. And then people do take good advantage of channels and trying to keep topics in certain areas so we don't drive everybody crazy in the general channel.
0: And I want to back up just a hair, too, because prior to um, you starting in uh, with all the freelance that you're doing now, you did spend a brief little bit of time at Disney, right?
1: I did. So the last, as up until earlier this year, I spent two years working for Disney and mostly working on their WordPress platform, which was really a lot of fun. But I, a year, about a year of that I actually spent, I was on the engineering team that rebuilt shopdisney.com, which was a lot of fun and it was a great opportunity to like not work on WordPress. Uh, It was, you know, it was, it was interesting time because I didn't touch WordPress at work for like 10 months. And the only WordPress, the only time I got to use WordPress was when I was actually working on WP campus, the webs our website, that was it. That was the only WordPress I touched. That was a great like 10 month stretch of, of getting to work on something really fun and really different. And plus it's pretty cool to say I helped build shop, disney.com, which is this huge e-commerce mm-hmm. platform. But uh, yeah, so I was at Disney a couple years. And then before that, I was in higher ed for like 10, 11 years. And which is where I got my start as a professional web developer was I, I have a bachelor's degree in graphic design. And that's how I got started. My first job out of college, I was the graphic designer for Mississippi University for Women. I was the only graphic designer for the entire university. Granted, it's a fairly small university, but that's how I got my start in higher education. And while I was there, I, I like print work and I, I'm i decent at it. It's not my strongest suit, but I'm I'm fine. I enjoy it, but I didn't really enjoy it as much as I was discovering during that period that how much I enjoyed programming. And so that's when I made the switch. At my second university, I was able to find an entry-level position at Stanford University that allowed me to make the move. And I'm so glad I did. Like, I was so much happier. And that's development and programming is really uh, what kind of got me going in the morning. And and so that was a really great move. And I haven't looked back.
0: I, I like to think that Samford's tagline is, don't confuse us with Stanford. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Pretty much. It's really hard to even say Samford without confusing it with Stanford. And because no one, because like, if you're not really in the South, like you haven't really heard of Samford. So when you say it to like anyone else, they immediately hear Stanford. And so I remember when I was there, I was only there about two years and I had no affiliation with them before that or since. So I, I imagine it's much more kind of, a common thing. If you worked there for a long periods of time or went to school there and you're saying it a lot, but that was my first CMS experience too. Um, they used, at the time, they used a CMS called Ektron. Yep.
0: Yeah, I know Ektron. <laughs> you got started in college as with, you know, thinking about design and going down that road, but you didn't really enter that sphere of, hey, programming is something that's fun until you had already kind of kicked off your career then.
1: So I mean I guess we go back even further. So growing up I was I I had the computer bug kind of early. My my father was a big Macintosh nerd and he had a Macintosh. He had that classic Mac OS that we would play games on and I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed playing on the computer and figuring things out. And so by the time I was probably early teens, I had started Programming myself and playing around with various things. Mo- mostly at that point, really only kind of like I was. I taught myself HTML, and at that point, I mean, I'm not, I'm not super young or anything, but I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm in my mid thirties. So when I was early teens, the internet had been around not that like the World Wide Web had not been around super long, but so HTML was mostly you know using tables to do everything and stuff like that and there wasn't too much CSS going on. And so you were having to get really creative with tables. And so I do remember having a lot of fun with that. I can I I I was able to hold on to this markup for years and then on this external hard drive that I had that got stolen. And so I lost it, which was really sad. But I was able to hold on to my first web page for a long time. I, I basically like spelled out my name. It was, you know, a goofy little thing, a 13, you know, year old would make, but, (laughs) but it was so fun to build because for me, you know, it was really just about figuring it out and learning. And, and because you, we were so limited in what you could do back then, you, you had to get really creative to do anything that didn't look like a, a, you know, black background animated GIF, you know, nonsense. And so it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to play. And I do, that kind of spurred me towards, I really liked the idea at that time, actually to be a computer um, animator. When I got into high school, I got bit by a um, print design bug because I got on the yearbook staff. And so that's when I started falling into print design and really enjoying that, enjoying the layouts. And so then there wasn't, and even nowadays, there's not tons and tons of like web design programs in college. There's definitely more than, but there's definitely more than there were when I was in college. There wasn't tons of right. options. I I do remember my university taught like a, I taught a, I taught like two or three web design related classes because I took them. But that was it. There was no program. There there still isn't a program there. The class that actually had probably the biggest impact on me that I always recommend to people who are kind of like wanting to get into programming or wanting to up their programming game. It was a problem solving class. It was only a one hour credit. So like of all my credits, you know, it had the least impact, but it made the biggest impact on me as a programmer because it just, it forced me to think more proficiently, About logic and writing and solving problems and writing code, and it just changed the way that I think or that I thought about problems. And you know, because you know what what we're doing with programming is we're problem solving, and so how you look at a problem really makes a difference on how well you solve the problem. And so, the book that we used was called Crossing the River with Dogs. I highly recommend anyone interested go check it out. I think you can buy it on Amazon. So so I was able to get a few classes in my minor, but most of what I know now and what I learned at the time, I, I taught myself. And so I would take on like little freelance jobs. I had a family member who had a, a kind of like a publishing agency, like a very, you know, low key um, one. And she was getting more and more people wanting websites, and so she would design them, and then I would build them. And so it was a great opportunity to really get my feet wet and to do a few sites here and there and play around. And so that's how that's how I learned. It was just teaching myself and and keeping keeping going.
0: So let's fast forward to uh, today. Talking, you talked a lot about. Um, you know, the, the the resources you went to and the things that you hunted down to help you figure out the things that you were going through in the past. And I'll also make sure that uh, in the show notes on the website, uh, I looked up that book, The Crossing the River with with Dogs book. Um, I'll make sure we leave a link to that in our show notes as well for anybody who might be interested in uh, hunting it down, of which I might in fact be one of those. <laughs> um, but what, what is it that you're finding today to be useful in terms of, you know, if you run up against a WordPress problem or, you know, a JavaScript issue or something like that, that is just confounding you. What are your go-to resources or if there's something you want to learn, like let's say, okay, Gutenberg's coming. And I want to know how to start writing react blocks. You know, what's, what is Rachel going to do to go get on that train?
1: So like most developers, a lot of Googling, usually that's the first place you go to, but if you're, using, if you're learning if you're wanting to learn something even as basic as React, um, even like the React website itself has really great tutorials. They have a the React site and the um, I'm also a fan of, of Vue.js and I think both of them have I know Vue does, but I know both of them have um, they have like getting started tutorials that they, they walk you through creating a project and they have pretty nice documentation. That's what I would recommend always kind of going to the source and seeing if something has documentation first, because usually that's going to be the most uh, helpful. Especially, I, th- I feel like they're like on the topic of React, that theirs, theirs is pretty good and in depth because, you know, follow the tutorials, but then as you go through, you know, change and break things, the, the best way to really understand something is to is to like really stretch how it's used and try to almost just purposely try to break it so that way you understand like why it's doing what it's doing and also you know if you're having to deal with any kind of debugging troubleshooting stuff you now you're going to be more likely to figure it out later so that's I I did that I I went through the react and the view kind of getting started, started tutorials. And then I, I came up with a project. Like I just came up with something really small and keep it basic at first. And if you can't think of something that just like would be really helpful for people, if you build, just come up with something silly. Like I have, if you don't, those unaware, I have this funny project called Hi Roy. It's just HiRoy.club And I kind of use it as my playground for whenever I'm wanting to learn something new I build something off of that platform, and so uh, there's the website has an API that I play with. That I I wanted to. I bought like a Raspberry Pi and wanted to play around with it. So I, I, uh, <laughs> I it's just a it, funny memories. But it there's an API you can ping for the Hi Roy Club that will will return audio files of people saying Hiroy. And so I wrote this Python script, my Raspberry Pi that would listen to Twitter. So I was playing with Twitter Streaming API. If anyone actually used the Hiroy hashtag, the script would hit the API and it would play the the audio file through some Bluetooth speakers. And so we set that up somewhere. And so anytime someone tweeted Hiroy, it said Hiroy. It was you know it was just something silly, but it allowed me a playground to to build things off of. I had never really built a jQuery plugin before because I had no reason to, and so I built a jQuery plugin for that site that makes Roy's head move around. And anyone can come along and take that plugin and just uh, provide a different image file, and it will make you know the file move around your screen. And so you know these are just little silly things, but they give me a playground to test waters.
0: Yeah, it, I love this too, though, because the way you described your experience with the Hiroy website is almost the letter perfect example of the, the same thing that uh, we talked on episode two of Build Process with Mike Chwalski about, which was you know how how do you get yourself used to this? How do you you know learn stuff? You you just go do it. You make a little sandbox and you go build something. You find a you know a goal that you want to make. It's storing recipes for yourself or you know whatever uh but the best way to learn a lot of this is to actually set yourself a goal and work towards that because then it gives you questions to go ask and it gives you challenges to then overcome um it will introduce bugs that you'll have to hunt down and figure out how to fix and so that that sort of exploratory process is quite possibly the best way uh to tackle it and, um uh, angular is the one that i remember they've got the tour of heroes example um and it's <laughs> it's weird to me because even running cuz I, w- I was trying to work with that and i actually have trouble trying to build a thing that's basically built um because for me as i'm going through it a some of their instructions weren't very good <laughs> it just drove me insane <laughs> but they also held your hand through the steps but didn't always take the time to explain what you shouldn't do or what doing more would cause um and i have the same complaint a lot about like wordpress tutorials and stuff like that occasionally that it's like they'll say you know use this function pass in this true false null true and then uh, leave the rest blank i'm like but i want to know what that third true does you're not telling me what that does and i need to know because that may be the thing i need um uh, it's If I just go at it and just tackle something and it forces me to generate my own solutions to those, at some point I come across those answers and it it makes me better at what I'm doing then. Uh, And I I love the fact that two people have now come on the show and basically said the same thing, that that's a great way to figure this out because I truly believe that that is hands down one of the best ways you can uh, get in and get your hands dirty. Um, it because it's so it's such a sort of democratized process. There's nobody that can stand there and say no. You can't set up a little lamp stack and play with you know an Apache server. That that just can't happen. That doesn't happen here. So uh, it it may it's the door is literally open to everybody and anybody.
1: Yeah, do whatever you want, it's your server, it's your computer, <laughs> do whatever you want. So what I do, I always, to add on to that, you touched on it a little bit, is I always encourage people to look at the code. Like, So like a WordPress is a good example. They're, the WordPress documentation, it's, it, it's fine. Like it's not, it's not horrible, but it's not amazing. And like, whatever. But the onus shouldn't necessarily really fall on them to tell you every single thing in their documentation because you can easily pull up the code and find out and that's what you should do. You should if you're trying if you want to really learn how to best handle something in a in a framework or a platform or whatever, look at the code and see exactly what it's doing.
0: Um so Rachel, when we talk about, you know, all of this stuff that we're doing and whether it's taking the time to, you know, learn these frameworks, respond to clients, um you know prepare for conferences there's always work happening and what from a workload standpoint um i i try to tell people that you know especially if you've done any kind of social media marketing or anything in these areas that the you don't run a normal 9 to 5 kind of schedule what kind of workload and how has that sort of affected the way that you approach whether it's your work life balance, you know, how you tackle problems, anything like that.
1: You are so true. There is not there's not like a normal schedule. I and also, so what I do want to make sure people understand is that like there's no like normal work work schedule that everyone feels they should fall into. Like eight to five is what a lot of people are forced into, but what that took me you know longer than it should have to realize is that I was not i i did not fit into eight to five and and having that forced on me did didn't like make me a better employee it it actually it hindered my process it hindered my progress it hindered my creativity I'm not a morning person, and so you know you get to work at like eight but it would be hard to really focus until like nine thirty ten Uh, Well, something that was really nice at Disney was they were super protective of engineers time because they understood that thing that happens when you're like in the zone, quote unquote, coding, someone breaks you out for a meeting. It takes you a minute to get back into it. It's, you know, you have to be really protective of your time. And that was another lesson that took me a while to learn is, is to the ability to say no to people and to be protective of your time and not feel like you have to you know, answer that question in that moment it's being asked. Uh, I have some friends that they only have a certain hour of the day that they'll even look at email. And so, you know, so I have a friend that's a freelancer and she only checks her email from like eight to nine in the morning or something like that, you know, whatever hour is best. And on top of that, she's communicative with her clients that I only answer email between these hours, and if it's an emergency, then you can text me. For me, that's that was a hard lesson to learn over the years because I love to, like, I have, obviously, I, I do a lot, and I have my hands in all these pots, and so that was one of the reasons why I made this big step into becoming a freelancer is to kind of go back to the eight to five part of the question is, is that 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 time restraint didn't work for me. So just because, you know, an office tells you eight to five doesn't mean that you are going to be super productive from eight to five every day. And if you are in an office, you know, talk to your manager about, you know, if, if, if you're coming in there, you know, from eight to five and like eight to 10, you know, just isn't working, you know, they don't you know, they don't, they want you to be productive. So talk to them. Maybe something can be, situation can be changed or made better. Maybe you can work from home one day a week to get a break from the the office environment. I had to really learn the value of priorities because I needed to, I needed to align what was important in my life. I needed to say, you know, like, well, friendship is a priority. Sleep is a priority. Exercise is a priority. And so, you know, if some things, some things just, I had to, I had to learn how to say no to things, but I also had to learn how to manage the time to be like, you know what, this doesn't have to get done today, but what nodes need to get done today is I need to go for a run, or I need to get eight hours of sleep, and so this can wait, and saying no, and those were you know, hard because if you're some, especially if you're someone like me who really loves what they do, like I really love what I do. I love planning the campus stuff. I love my job. And so it's also super easy for me to sit here and be like sleep. Who cares about sleep? I want to code. <laughs> and, and so, but uh, sleep is very important. So that was, you know, I'm, that's a lesson I'm still learning, by the way, you will find me up way too late. Uh <laughs> too often you know working on things because i enjoy it so
0: much but and you know this m- maybe has just been answered and that may be all right if if we had one piece of advice we've got a 16 year old girl sitting in high school looking at the source code of google's homepage because she's bored and she thinks that's something really cool i wonder if maybe i could write something like that someday what what would be your advice to somebody like that who is either just starting out or you know they're they're in college and they're getting their first taste of a graphic design course or maybe they're 50 years old and they're looking to you know reboot their career and they think you know what I've got the chops to get into that what is like the one piece of advice that you think you would give them to to get them anchored in and give them motivation
1: well something that I do believe can be really helpful is on top of like everything, I guess we've already mentioned is to get involved with some kind of community, whether it's completely internet or it's in person or both. So, so, you know, to go back to WordPress, just because it's, it's easy to go to as an example is if you, you know, it's a, it's a, it is a great place to kind of get involved and enter this arena because you have a lot of, Uh, You have a lot of sources to go to and examples to pull from. And, and you have there, it is an easy kind of entrance into getting your, getting your face in front of other people and having mentors and things like this. But there are tons of communities. There's, there's a community for just about every piece of software. So like there's a react community where you could do the same thing, like find, find other react developers and, you know, get involved, what, you know, find forums or whatever, get involved, find local meetups and, and go to the meetups, because not only will you learn something at the meetup, but you'll meet people who then you can ask questions to and get advice from and, and you can network. And so if you're, you know, networking is super important, because that's, that's how you put your feelers out there and that's how you find that entry level job, you know, that so and so knows, you know, that their uncles hiring or whatever. And so these things can be really valuable. Some some, you know, some meetups might feel less valuable than others, but it's a long you're playing a long game in the networking world. So it's super important. And I would highly recommend that finding an online or in person community that you can get involved with if they have You know, ways that you can get up and talk, you know, like WordPress, we have those meetups and camps and stuff, but other communities have them where you can present at their like local monthly meetup. It's a don't be afraid, you know, but it's a great opportunity to, you know, say, you know what, in three months, I'm going to give a talk about setting up React. And then that's a goal and a challenge for you and a push to like learn what you need to learn, play around with. And so that way you can stand up in front of everybody, you know, this group in three months and talk about it. And so that's another great way to learn is to, you know, plan some kind of like presentation. So you'll deep dive and and get even more uh, affiliated. So yeah, I would definitely recommend uh, on top of everything else we've mentioned, you know, finding projects to break and play with and have playgrounds, things like that. Go online, find these books we mentioned, but also you know, find your people and get involved and get, get in front of people. And that's really another really important step to, to growth in the web, in the web space, really.
0: Yeah. What, what is it? I think uh, was it was Chris Brogan that coined that phrase, tribe, find your tribe. Uh, yeah. Well, Rachel, I want to thank you so much for sitting down with us this evening and chatting about all of this. I know we covered a, a crap ton of ground. I'm sure everybody's going to find something hopefully helpful somewhere in all of this mix Um, for our listeners. I want to uh, let you know that we have new real-time overview coming up every Wednesday. Drunken UX comes out every other Monday, a new build process every month. Rachel, before you take off, I want to give you the floor and let you tell everybody uh, what, where they can find you, what you've got coming up, what you're excited about or anything else that you want them to know about you.
1: Yeah. So I am Bama designer in all things Bama, like the state Alabama. So on Twitter, Bama designer, Instagram, you know, but dot is my website where you can find all that information. I have a blog and I have all my speaking engagements, information like that. So check me out there. WP Campus. you can find everything at WPCampus.org. We have two conferences every year. We have an in-person in July, and then we have a virtual in January. So we're about to start ramping up again for all of our 2019 events. All of our videos from our 2018 conference are online that you can watch at the website, which is really great. I definitely check- recommend checking it out. And so yeah, we're really excited for next year because we're going to try some new things. And so definitely if you're interested in WordPress and in higher education, uh, keep you know keep us on your radar and follow along because it's a really great event that we move every year. And so we'd love to have you involved. If you can't come to the conference, just join our Slack because it is it is a really great space to come talk about what you're doing, ask questions find other people who are dealing with the same problem. So we'd love for you to join us.
0: Awesome. Well, Rachel, thank you again. We look forward to seeing what you've got coming up and uh, hopefully I'll hear some nice chatter from WP campus. We can be sure to share out with everybody. To all of our listeners, the only thing I have left to say is to make sure to keep your personas close and your users closer.